0: Hello, and welcome to Dancing with Gravity, my podcast into the life of a juggler. My name is Cyril Rabat, and I'm your host. I've been a professional juggler for the past 25 years. This is episode number 12 about being an artist and what the fuck does that mean? So I recorded this episode um, 10 days ago and I actually published it and then took it down right away because I realized uh was kind of angry and pissed off when I recorded this show for the first time around i recorded this show and that was because i was still in the midst of like dealing with uh something that just happened and i'm not sure that was the right thing to just you know record when it's still alive and in me like my my anger or my frustration is still alive in me and then I record the show and that it was, I think, too one-sided. So I want to go, you know, I took 10 days and uh, resolved the matter and uh, took a little time to think deeper about that and now, now I feel ready to, like, record the show and put it out there. So sorry about, you know, missing up on a week. I know there's like billions of listeners out there waiting for my weekly podcast. So I thank you all for your patience. Um, I'm going to start by talking about Marcel Duchamp. And I don't know how you say that in English, his name like Marcel Duchamp or something like that. Um, and about the fountain, which in French you call the pissoir. Pissoir is where you go and uh, urinate, take a piss in a men's bathroom. You have this like standing uh, bathrooms, you know, like you, you piss into it for the female listener out there that might not be acquainted with those uh, sort of toilets. So, Marcel Duchamp was uh, born in France and lived in France for a while and then moved to the U.S., I think New York. And I'm just going to go straight to like Wikipedia and tell you just quickly about it. Like, so, he was French-American painter, sculptor, chess player, and writer whose work is associated with cubism, data and conceptual art he was careful about his use of the term data and was not directly associated with data groups Duchamp is commonly regarded along with Pablo Picasso and Henry Matisse as one of the three artists who helped to define the revolutionary developments in the plastic arts in the opening decades of the 20th century responsible for significant developments in painting and sculpture Duchamp has had an immense impact on the 20th century and 21st century art and he had a seminal influence on the development of concept to conceptual art so he's um he's he had rejected the work of many of his fellow artists such as Henri matisse as retinal arts Intended only to please the eye. Instead, Duchamp wanted to use art to serve the mind. And that's the angle I'm interested in here because his artwork, uh, Le Pissoir, the fountain in English, so again, according to Wikipedia, so you have an idea of that, is a ready made sculpture produced by Duchamp in 1917, a porcelain urinal designed um, and so he, he just picked up an ordinary, ordinary piece of plumbing and, w- and submitted it to an exhibition of the Society of Independent Artists and it took place in Grand Central Place in New York and uh so it was kind of like in the show but not in the show and then took pictures but the big thing about it is the work is regarded by art historians and theorists of the avant-garde as a major landmark in the 20th century art 16 replicas were commissioned from Duchamp in the 50s and 60s and made to his approval some scholars have suggested that the original work was uh, by a female. What the fuck? No, that's, nobody cares. Okay. So that's the big thing is that, you know, he picked up like a urinal, basically, and submitted it to an art exhibition and signed it, uh, actually, not even his name. He signed it like R. Mutt in uh, 1917 and it was like, this is art. And this, in 1917, it was actually 100 years ago, uh, changed the face of art. It actually changed how we think and see art now. In a sense that, um, by doing that, he asked the question, what is art? Is a piece of uh, furniture as... as, um, banal and boring than a fucking toilet, if I sign it and put it in a museum, does that become art, what what it means, what is art, does is art needs to be beautiful, you know, like a pretty painting that you look at and that uh, you find you know, like beautiful to look at. Is that art? Is art, what is art? You know, he asked the question and very openly and it, at the time it was a big scandal and it was it was like scandalous and people were like, Ooh. but it was actually, he was way ahead of his time, like asking those this deep question. And to bring that back to to me, because I'm not Marcel Duchamp, Although I grew up um, learning about his art and his action and the way he changed uh, the landscape of modern art, my personally, I, I was, I was, um, I was um, how do you say that? Like, I applied to be part of a show. And uh, I was selected, and this show is gonna go live in front of an audience, but it's also gonna be recorded and uh, broadcast on internet. And in the contract, uh, I read, you know, like you're gonna do it, and an edited version of your of your act is gonna be broadcast on the internet. And I when I read that I understood that they would, you know, record my act and edit it to probably like a shorter version and post it online. And I was like, wait a second, what the fuck? You know, because I as an artist, I already edit edited my my art. Like I creating an an act, a juggling performance I thought about the whole thing, you know, like the beginning, the middle, the end. I actually, this specific act I was thinking of performing, I actually thought of performing, like I actually thought about every second of the act. You know, it's not a very long act, it's like a five-minute act. And I've been performing this act for 15 years now and improving it and, and working on every second of the act to make it what it is today and someone outside of uh the like someone that's not part of the creation of the act recording the ad and edited it and edit it ed- editing it is kind of like i don't know for, for, from my perspective as a, as a performer it's, it would be like asking a painter to be like hey i want to you know, expose your painting in my gallery, but I just want to expose this lower left part of your painting, you know, like this little square here that, because I think that's really nice. And, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like the artist creates an art, an art piece, and we need to trust that the artist is actually thinking and, 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 feeling and envisioning what they're doing, you know, it's like proposing to be like, oh, I'm I'm just going to extract a part of your art is um, removing the seniority that the artist has over their art form, you know, and I guess we do that a lot with music, for example, like, you know, when you I'm thinking about classical music, I, I love listening to classical music, and I have the tendency to want to actually listen to the whole opera or the whole, like, you know, symphony. But we do have the tendency to extract, like, the, the last movement of, you know, the Beethoven, uh, which one is it, like, seventh symphony, the symphony number seven, like the big one at the end, where there's... You know, they start singing and there's the chorus and like, it's just crazy. Like he revolutionized uh, the symphony structure by like putting actual singers in it. Like normally there's no singers in the symphony and he just was like, oh, what the fuck? I'm just gonna change it. And so you can, in music, it's easy to extract like one movement from an opera and like putting in a, an album for people so it's more accessible I guess but for me like editing a performance it would be more like into this movement just picking up like the first minute and then I'm gonna just cut the next 30 seconds because I think it's a little boring and then I'm gonna right away put like the next 45 seconds and then I'm gonna cut the next 50 seconds because that's too long that's repetitive and and it's like w- what are you doing like you are rewriting what Beethoven wrote it's like how dare you in a sense and it's always uh, tricky to talk about that because I mean I am not Beethoven I am not Marcel Duchamp I'm not all those very famous amazing artists but I, I still do uh, spend my entire life creating art and as good or bad it is depending on who is looking at it and critiquing it I'm putting the work into it and just because of that I think it what I do should be respected Um, that doesn't mean you need to like it or you know think it's genius you you can just be entertained by it or you can Actually, not even like it. I, I don't actually I don't really give a shit what you think of what I do. I just do it because I can. But because of the integrity, integrity of my um, démarche in French, démarche is like of my um, process in a sense. I think what I do is art. So that's the question today: is like what is art? And when are you an artist? Uh, An easy, you know, like artist versus amateur. Amateur is the term for someone who's actually not making a living from their art. But in French, I don't know in English, but in French, it took this like negative connotation of like, if you're an amateur, you're not really good at what you're doing but it's not what it means actually a mature just simply means this is not your main source of income and there's many artists out there that are not making a living by doing what they're doing but they're still really good you know like we have examples in France of many artists that died in poverty and now we think we regard them as one of the biggest, I mean, isn't like Van Gogh died in poverty and barely had enough money to eat. And now he has a whole museum just for him. Like in Amsterdam, he's one of the most famous painter on the planet. And um, musicians went through that. Like there's many artists that are like that, uh, that, that had a very hard time making a living from their art and now that they're dead are seen as geniuses so i don't think it's really fair to like think because you're an artist making money it impacts how good or bad you are it has nothing to do with money so you can be an amateur and be a very good at what you're doing it just means you're not living from your art so the opposite of that is an artist, like technically an artist is someone who's living, like his main, their main source of income is the art, is coming from the art they're producing, in that sense you're an artist, but again, like you can be a terrible artist, you can, you can put out some really shitty music or some shitty uh, paintings that just everybody likes, there's like no there's no message, there's no like higher purpose in what you're doing, it's just like boring entertainment, and then you make millions of dollars, and in that case, like you're an artist, you know, and you're, oh, you made it, you know, it's like, where, where does the bar goes, you know, and especially in America, I think there's this view of like, if you make money, you made it, and so like money is a validation, money is like, well, if you're making money from what you're doing, it means must be good, and I don't think it's true, I think the system is kind of like tweaked to be working on that level, because it's capitalism, and you know, suddenly a recipe just works, and makes billions of dollars, it doesn't mean that the art is good, sometimes it does, you know, it's like, it's not black or white, it doesn't mean, like, art that makes money is is bad, you know, and, and this is a stance that I know a lot about, because in France, a lot of artists are against that, like, against, you know, like, the, I don't know how you say that, like, just mainstream culture, and so it's actually viewed as a plus to be a starving artist it's like well my art must be good because i don't make any money which is the opposite end of the spectrum it does not make any sense too. you know so the, there's no like definite answer about that but it's neither making or not making money that makes the artists so i think we should extract like money from the question of like what makes an artist So where is the main focus? You know, it's like the form of beauty, you know, are you bringing beauty into the world? And is it beauty or is it just pretty? You know, because, you know, you can go, I mean, the experience I have is like going to Ikea, uh, buying some cheap stuff for my house and then going to a section where there's like, paintings and and frame framings and like I'm buying frames for some art that I have at home but I'm seeing that they're actually selling art and they're selling paintings and the paintings are pretty you know it's like oh you look at them it I can imagine that everybody's gonna like them and I mean that's what Ikea wants right because they have like they have shop like stores all over the world Uh, in the US, all over Europe, and it's like, well, and probably elsewhere, I don't know, but it's like how a painting could like please everyone, so it's more like mainstream, pretty looking paintings that hopefully most people will like, so they're gonna sell it to everybody, is that art? I don't I don't know. You know, I I don't know. Like I don't think the purpose of art should be to please as many people as possible. I don't I don't think that's the main purpose of art. I think art um like and I agree with Marcel Duchamp on on that point on that point when he's talking about art shouldn't just be there to please the eye, it should be, it should use, it should serve the mind, art should should be there to bring, um, and not just the mind, like the intellectual mind, but like the mind, the spirit, in a sense, like it should speak to your spirit, it should speak to a higher part of you, like uh, the part of you that transcends the daily routine, you know, it should strike a chord in you to help you connect with uh, a bigger part of yourself. And that's where like art in religion, uh, you know, when in the past, like you go in a church, I mean, I grew up in Paris, so down the street, there's uh, the Trinity's church, which is actually a very banal church for Paris but if you walk into it it's it's magnificent it's it's just beautiful and if that church would be uh in Chicago where where I'm currently living it it would be the most beautiful church of Chicago for sure you know and and I was just living down the street from that church and um I was not raised um Catholic or or any any religion uh actually, um, but I had friends that, you know, had, like, some sort of, like, I don't know, you know, the things you do when you're religious, like communion and things, and every few years you have to do something, and so I would just go and check them out, and be in that place that, with so much art, you know, like, the the paintings and uh, the murals, and um, also the windows, you know, like those those uh, windows art, you know, with all the colors. This, you know, at one point art was there to for the glory of God, you know, like and and in a way, I think art does that today, but it's not uh, framed by a religion, but it might still be there to help you connect with um, a higher power, you know, a higher being or a higher sense of, um, just something that's bigger than you, something that's bigger than just you, the individual. Um, because we all think like life is about us, like life is about me, about what I'm doing now, about my little computer, my little thing, my little life my my commute my and it's like well no like there's so much more than you and I think art is there to make that link to help us make that link what is to to transcend the the ego like to transcend this understanding of like I am me and I am one individual but there's so many individuals and there's more than that. Like there's the whole planet and there's the whole solar system and there's the whole galaxy and what is out there. There's an aspiration to more. And I, I like to regard art as being um, a way to connect with that. And it was clear in the past it was connected to religion, but now uh, religion has uh, sin- since... Um, changing the government and the system of society we live in, uh, we separated the 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 church and and the government, and and that helps creating a, vi- a variety of art. And and now we're in a day and age where uh, we're not ruled by by the Bible. Hopefully, uh, we're ruled by a secular uh, government. And and. That leaves a lot of space for other forms of art, but I think in truth, those art, you know, those art forms are are there to to help us ask the right questions and grow. And we don't. That's why I believe we don't need to like it. You know, like good art is not necessarily going to make you feel good. Um, it's going to make you feel. It's gonna make you think. It's gonna make you transcend. And sometimes it's painful to to transcend yourself. Like to you know, sometimes it's pay- painful to to grow and to to um, break the bare barriers barriers of our mind and our limitations. And and that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. But that's painful. So art does not mean it's pretty and it's feel good you know this is entertainment that that's where i make the difference in uh, with entertainment and and but i'm not like condescending and i'm not saying entertainment is useless or is bad because i recognize that as a juggler and a circus performer i'm an entertainer but i think i can bring and i, I can infuse art into this form of entertainment and I think it's possible to do that you know with like mainstream blockbusters and and big movies you, you, you some people make mainstream art that a lot of people like and there is art in it it is a piece of art uh, but most of the time you're gonna have people that love it and you're gonna have people that you know, it's kind of difficult to have art that everybody loves and infuse with some powerful um, lessons of sort. I don't know. It's an open question. I, I don't really have uh, the ultimate answer, but. That's what I've been thinking. So my, my my personal issue got resolved when I asked the question and I got told that, oh, no, 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 my act would not be edited. It's just that they're gonna put like a title to it at the beginning and then there's gonna be an ending to it, an ending to it uh, with uh, logos of the sponsors and stuff like that. So they would not touch my act and and because they actually have this vision of like well no you're an artist you're doing something it's not our uh job to come in and and tweak it to to make it you know like different because we think it's going to be better it's like who are who are you who are we to think um it's going to be better you know so, and now that I say that, I actually, rem- it, it reminds me of a TV show I did uh, in, in France, I think it was like 2005, um, so it's like 14 years ago, and I performed this act, I, 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 actually I, I performed the same act for one of the first times, so the act, my act was really fresh, Uh, It was on another music and it was in a circus, like a festival, a competition. And then it was recorded and and put on TV in France and actually in different countries in Europe. So and and it went on like for a while, like they used to play it at Christmas time, like for a while. And what happened is that they recorded my act and they actually, well, you know, in that case, in the circus, you, you just sign a paper and you have no rights over it, it's just like whatever, you know, like, uh, at that time, it was uh, pretty good to, to know that I would go on TV and, and and be seen like that, and I wanted that, so I was like, well, I don't really have any choice here, uh, I'm no... You know great performer with a big name to argue anything i'm just uh very lucky to have the chance to go on tv because it was not even sure i would be going on tv because there was you know like it was a big festival so there was like 40 different acts. and so they were doing like just an hour an hour and a half program on tv so they would have to like choose some of the act so i was lucky enough to be selected to be part of the show, of the TV show, and they had to shorten the act. But actually, what they did was a really good editing work on my act. And when I saw the act afterward, I actually learned from them and modified my act a lot uh, according to the editing they did because... The, you know, the TV producers and the people doing that were very, very experienced and uh, they knew what they were doing and they saw uh, the, you know, like the long, boring, you know, 20 seconds here and there in my act and like edited it. So there was more like timing and it was stronger and it was more poppy and from end to finish. And I learned a lot. So maybe does that mean that, you know, 14 years ago I I was still like uh, learning and I was not uh, an accomplished artist yet. So I was uh, actually... You know outside criticism and outside modification of my art taught me about who I am and maybe that in an artist career there's a moment there's a turning point or like a, a tipping point when we know the artist knows enough know themselves enough and know have mastery over their art enough that they become the final say over their art, and 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 then um, coming in and, like, modifying the art starts to be, like, profanity, I don't know if you say that in English, but, like, it's, it's, like, a sacrilege, you know, like, no, you can't do that, like, I cannot go and remove or add some color on a Picasso painting, you know, it's, like, no, you, it's sacrilege, like, you don't do that. Picasso knew what the fuck he was doing. So, actually, there's a beautiful story, and I'm going to end on that, about Picasso. He he spent, uh, he w- He was in a bistro in Paris, he, he lived in Paris, and at the end of his life, he was around, like, 60 years old, and he was in a bistro having lunch, and you know, like how it happens in a in a bistro in Paris, like you have a glass of wine, you have a good food. And then he was alone at his table and they put like paper um, on the table so they can just like, you know, once you're finished, they just take the paper, throw it away and like put another piece of paper and because it's like bistro. So they're not, it's not fancy. You know, you don't have like a, a cloth or whatever on the table. You have just a piece of paper. And he was uh, just with his pen doing a little drawing, you know, on, on the, on this, uh, piece of paper on the table, you know, it's, it's just like, and so he did it in like, you know, a few seconds, you know, like 60 years old Picasso was, he knew what he was doing. So he did this thing in a few seconds, in a few minutes maybe, and, uh, was about to, you know, just leave it there and, and know that the people behind like you know they knew him they would just like throw it away he was doing a sketch basically and uh this older uh lady next to him saw that and before he left she said like oh this is very pretty i don't think she knew he was picasso you know so she was like oh this is really pretty i i I like this um can i have it and she was like I'll, i'll pay for it you know i'll give you some money for it and he was like, yeah, sure, uh, $50,000. And she was like, what? She said like, you, it, but it just took you like a few minutes, it took you like a couple of minutes to do it. it. It doesn't make any sense. And he was like, no, it took me 60 years. You get it? It took me 60 years. And that's something that I encounter a lot. Like, you know, I go out there and perform and people are like, oh, it just takes you like, you know, you can come by and juggle for five minutes and go away. You know, it's like this. It's easy. You just it you know, it's that's the thing It's like the illusion that what what an artist is doing is so easy to them. But why is it so easy to them? Because they spend their life mastering it, so when Picasso take two minutes to do a little sketch on a piece of paper, it's worth fifty thousand dollar. Not because of those two minutes, because it doesn't make any sense. Like how much is he's he needs to be paid per second, you know, for that. This is, it has nothing to do with time. This has to do with mastery. This has to do with him. Sp- Spending and uh, dedicating his entire life to his art—that has no price, or if it has a price, it's you know it's the market price or whatever. And again, I'm not—I'm no Picasso, but I did spend the last 25 years of my life juggling, like all the time, dedicating my life to that for the worst and the better. So now, when I Take five minutes and I do a five minute act. When I ask to be paid, I'm not asked to be paid for those five minutes. I need to be paid because I mastered something that where I'm at right now took 25 years to master. You're paying 25 years of mastery, of understanding of the stage, the relationship with the audience, the relationship with myself, owning my skill. Owning my freak out, not being overwhelmed, uh, keeping my composure, getting to this level of intimacy and poetry when I do what I do. This is what you're getting, and this is has nothing to do with you know get, getting paid by the hour or getting paid by the minute, even. Yeah, $50,000, but it took you two minutes to do it. No, it took me 60 years. I think that's a beautiful story. So time to wrap it up. If you find this podcast valuable, please, you can support me in many ways. You can review it wherever you listen to your podcast. That really helps uh, for other people to find it. You can share the podcast on social media with your friends. That's awesome. You can brag about like how cool a podcast you found, and everybody should listen to it. Or you can support uh, the podcast directly. And that is by sp- purchasing Juggling Props on playjuggling.com forward slash DWG. DWG for Dancing with Gravity. Uh, I hope that's the actual link cause I'm dealing uh, with Davide, the owner of Play Juggling in Italy. And he's awesome, but uh, sometimes hard to reach out to cause he's really busy and he has so many projects going on. But I'm really happy uh, to be doing business with him because this guy is freaking amazing and he's doing so much for the world of juggling that I will wait as long as he needs me to wait and there's no problem with that. I love you, Davide. Please keep being awesome. So if you use this link, I'll put it in the show note. If you use this link, you'll have uh, free shipping directly from his factory in Italy, which is awesome. You get it like directly out of the factory and it's free shipping and uh, not sheep, like shipping. Um, so you don't get a free sheep like that with it. You just, you just get it shipped to your house for free and I, I'll get a commission. So uh, that's pretty cool. Let's do it. Let go and just buy shit on his website, like buy any juggling props you want and maybe all of them. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show, guys. And remember, failure is an essential part of juggling. I would say life, right? But failing is not the problem. The problem is not learning from your failures. So get out there, juggle, fail, learn, repeat i yeah. yeah.